Hello and welcome to this week's program. On this program, which is called All In, we're talking about all different types of things that you can do using God's Word in your life. As we begin this year, let's talk about goal setting and let's talk about setting the goals and how you set them. One of the things I'd like to ask in starting off is, do you think Christians ought to set goals like every other person? Or do you think Christians ought to not set goals? Or should Christians set more goals? Which should it be? So we're talking about goal setting, and we're talking about using faith in goal setting. You know, the number one thing you want to do in goal setting is to consult with the Lord as a Christian. I believe that Christians ought to be having more goals than anyone else. I believe that Christians ought to be setting them and praying to the Lord and the Holy Spirit for which goals to set so that you can watch as God develops those goals and those dreams in your life. If you don't set a goal, you're bound to reach it. You know, a goal is a target. If you don't have a target, you can't reach a target. Uh, So it's important to set the goals. Christians ought to know that setting a goal is no different than having a prayer request. You're setting before the Lord and you are asking the Lord to answer your prayer. So it's really important before you set the goal to have consulted with the Lord, prayed, and asked the Lord to help you in setting your goals. Should you set one goal? Should you set 10? Should you set 20? How many goals should you set? What if you knew that every goal you set absolutely come to pass? How many goals would you set? So as a Christian, I'd like to ask each one of us to just think about this for a second. Where it's a brand new year, and it's a good time to start thinking about what God wants you to do. So pray and ask the Lord, Lord, show me what to do. Show me what you would like me to do with my life this year, and how I can use it, and how I can set goals and watch them come to pass. God would like nothing more. Our Lord would like nothing more than to see you and I activating our faith in a way that causes each prayer request or goal to come to pass. So, how do you use faith and set a goal? How do you use faith with your goal? Faith is a spiritual force, and it's generated in the reborn human spirit. It's released with the mouth with your words. So, the number one thing to do is decide what it is you're praying for or whatever it is that's a goal. In the book of Habakkuk, which is only three pages long, it tells us what to do and how to set, what to do with our goals once we set them. It says, decide what you want. Then it says, write it down. Write it down clearly so whoever reads it can run with it. That's the the most important part of the initiating of the goal. Once you read it and reread it, now you can hear what you're saying. And when you hear what you're saying, you can develop your faith around that goal. The first time you set a goal and you say it out loud, it might scare you because the goal might be quite large. So what do we do? How do we do it? Faith is a spiritual force generated in the reborn human spirit, released with the mouth, with words. Have you ever set a goal and you say to yourself, uh, you know, I don't know if I can do that. That seems quite large. Even though I set the goal, that's, that's a big, big goal. Well, you're already doubting yourself. You've already entered doubt into the equation. Faith doesn't do that. Faith keeps believing. When God set the goal to make earth and to to make light, he was standing in the midst of darkness, and he said, light be, and light began to exist. But did it exist immediately, or how long was he standing in darkness until light showed up? The whole idea of setting a goal is to have a target. Once you have a target, now you need to believe what you're saying, and then say it. 
said, but man, I don't know if I can just start believing in that goal. Well, so how do you do that? You repeat it out loud over and over and over. What I like to do is I like to take the goal, find three scriptures from the Bible that apply to each and every goal. And how many goals should you have? I I think you should have 10 to 15 to 20 different goals. I think you should have them broken down in all the areas of your life, home, business, social, mental, physical, spiritual, and financial. And I think that by doing it that way, you can then find scriptures to support each goal that you have written down. Now, online at allin4faith.com, you can go there and download a goal sheet. There's two different kinds. One has little square boxes on them, and the other one has lines where you can write things in. Well, when you decide on the goal, you should write the goal down and the date and the time goes along with it so that when you pray and ask the Lord to intervene on these goals, that is the date and the time it was initiated. It's set in stone so that every time you go back to that list, you don't need to rethink it all. You just keep thanking God that you've already prayed and he's told us in his word that whatever we ask in his name, it shall be done. Should you set goals? My answer to that is as a Christian, if you don't have goals, multiple goals, you're not even beginning to activate your faith. Remember, I said faith is a spiritual force generated in the reborn human spirit and released with the mouth with words. Faith-filled words dominate the laws of sin and death. The law of sin and death came in when Adam turned from God. Adam didn't have to work for his whatever he needed. He could just believe it and it would happen. But when he turned it over, turned over his whole world to Lucifer, then what happened is the laws of sin and death dominated him. So faith-filled words dominate the law of sin and death, but fear-filled words dominate faith, dominate Christians. In a lot of cases, stop them from ever having their prayers answered. So, Jesus said, whatever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. That's in Mark eleven twenty-two through 24. It says, for verily I say unto you, that so whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. So when you write your goal down, it has to be something that you can believe for. You can't make them small. You've got to make them big. You've got to be able to believe for it, but you don't have to believe that you can do it. You have to believe that God's going to intervene and do it for you. I think that's very, very important. So... Therefore, Jesus says, I say to you, whatever, so whatsoever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any, that your Father also will in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. That's probably the most important part of goal setting, not to hold things against other people. So, you know, as we talk on this program about setting goals, next thing to do is go through your list of people you might be mad at and and get rid of it. Forgive them. Do not hold anything against anyone. It will hinder your prayer, hinder your goal setting, stop you from moving forward, and it's not going to help one iota in getting you what you want. Right now, I hear a lot of people that don't understand really uh, hating the president and hating this country. They don't even know why. Well, I can tell you right now that their goals, their prayers, if they happen to think they're Christians, 
will never be answered because you can't stand praying and hate anybody. You can't stand praying and judge other people. You have to forgive others as you want to be forgiven and love. You have to introduce, introduce love into the whole equation. So speaking the word over your goals. How does that work? Well, if you can find the scripture that matches your goal or goes along with it, for instance, um, if someone is praying for more money because they want their business to increase or they want more money to uh, be able to help others or pay bills, Philippians 4.19 comes to mind. My God supplies all my needs according to his riches and his glory through Christ Jesus. My God supplies all my needs. So, Now what happens is you say you set a goal for a certain amount of money to come in to pay the bills, but your mind and your imagination continues to fight you and tell you that'll never happen for you. It hasn't happened before, and you tend to always mess this up so you won't get what you want. Well, you have to cast down that imagination. That's called casting down an imagination. You cannot allow the thoughts of your mind to tell you God's Word isn't going to work to have total dominion over your life. If those thoughts have dominion over your life, they will drop from your head in the imaginative state into your heart and come out of your mouth. And when they come out of your mouth, you will find that creation of your goals will no longer be working together to help you. It'll be working against you because your words are now fighting what you're praying for. So a lot of people say, I don't believe that stuff. I don't believe this name it and claim it or speak it and get it. I don't care what you believe. This is what Jesus said in his in his uh, word. He says, first of all, in James, it says, the power of life and death is in the tongue. And I'm going to read it to you again. Faith is a spiritual force generated in the reborn human spirit, released with the mouth with words. So if it doesn't pass the gate where it gets through here into your heart, it won't come out of your mouth. And if it does come out of your mouth, you won't believe what you're saying. So it's really important to believe what you're saying. It's really important to actually believe it as you say. You say, well, I don't know. What, what can I, how can I convince myself that what I'm praying for will come to pass? That's why you need three scriptures. You know, God wants you to prosper. He wants you to prosper in every area of your life. So if that's the case, there ought to be plenty of scriptures, and I know there are, that have to do with that. Maybe you're fighting the spirit of fear. Maybe you fear things. Well, in, our, in the God's Word, it says you've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. And though the mountains tumble into the sea and the earth be done away, still will you not fear. Well, if you don't know God's Word says that, then you can't apply it. You can't put it to work. So you're going to have to do a little homework and find a few scriptures that go with the goals. How many goals should you set? I say a Christian ought to be setting no, no, no less than 10. That's what I say. And every day, go through and pray over those goals. How do you do that? First time you go through, your Father, you said to me in your word that whatever I say and I ask for in your name, it'll come to pass. So on this time, this date of this day, I am praying and asking for this to come to pass. And I'm writing down the date and the time. Now I've done that. Now what? So you go to the next one. Do the same thing. Go to the next one. Do the same thing. Then what? Pick up that sheet every day and begin to thank God that on that date and time, that goal not only started to germinate as a seed, but started to grow so that you can see the results of it in your life. When you begin by speaking words, words are seeds, and you speak the Word of God over your goals, now you have planted a seed into the ground. And what is the 
what did Jesus say about that? It's as if you planted a mustard seed, the smallest of all seeds. Yet when it grows up, it's a large tree that birds can rest in the in the in, and rest in it because it's got large, strong branches. That's the way every seed is when you first speak it out of your mouth. So when you set a goal, whether it's a prayer request or a goal, you are now agreeing with God's word for that goal. You get an agreement, pray it out loud, and you write down the time and the date, and then every day, pick that up. You, you praise God and thank God for that, that it's already done. When was it done? On the date and the time that you decided what it was, and you wrote it down. Now, do you say, I don't know if I have that kind of faith. I, I don't know if I have that kind of faith. Well, in 2 Corinthians 4.13, uh, the King James Version says, We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. In Romans 10.10, 10, it says, For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. It's important to do both. You've got to, first of all, decide what it is you're praying, allow it to go into your heart, but you've got to speak it out of your mouth. Very important. Speak it out of your mouth. So... I want to say something here that is very important. When you set a goal and it seems like it's bigger than you, what you need to do is realize that it's not you that's going to cause it to come to pass, but it's the light of Christ in you. The light. The light. Remember, in the beginning was the Word, and God said, light be. Light force. Light energy. Light power. Then it says in the Bible that Jesus was the light of the world. He came into the world and brought the light into the world. Light energy, light force. That light is in each one of us. The same anointing that was on Jesus is on each one of us. And that light needs to be used on each and every prayer request and goal that you have. How do we release the light? By believing and saying and having confidence, having confidence in every word that we say once, once we write these down, having confidence in every one of God's words that we know, that we know, that we know, that it will come to pass, that it will come to pass. And that's the most important part, that you know it's going to come to pass. Now, it may not be tonight. It may not be tomorrow. It may not be the same day you prayed. But the minute you start believing for something, because you are born again Christian, the force of faith within you, the light of Christ within you, is already at work with the mustard seed starts to grow, starts to grow. Every time you reaffirm speaking it with belief, you're watering the plant, watering the plant, and the sun comes out, and you water the plant, and you speak it again. And every time you thank God that it's already done, you're watering it again. Now, what happens if you decide to tell yourself it's not going to be done, or it's not, ha I don't think it's happening fast enough. Did you ever plant a tomato plant outside or seed and then go out the next day and dig it up to see if it's growing? That's what you're doing when you do that. You're digging up the seed that's already started to germinate, and you're causing it not to grow. So it's very important to harness your tongue. And if, if you have to say something, don't say one thing against what you're asking God. For. Just say something else. Divert your tongue. Do not talk against your goal. Do not come against your own goal. That is not a good thing, and it will stop you from getting it. Water it every day by thanking God, praising God, and praying in the Spirit over your goals. That's why you can have 20 goals on a piece of paper, have gone through each one, put three scriptures to each one, and gone through each one carefully with the Lord, and know you want each one of those to happen. And then pick up that sheet of paper every day and pray in the Spirit over all 20. You're watering all 20 plants. That's like somebody saying, I'm going to be a farmer. 
and I want tomato, I want tomatoes, but I'm only going to plant one plant. If you set one goal, you plant one plant. So you plant your one plant and the tomato comes out, two or three or four, and you love them, but geez, I wish I would have planted more plants because it will grow and it will be there for you to harvest, but you've got to plant more plants if you want more tomatoes, right? So should you plant one plant? Or 20 plants. How many tomatoes do you want? That's the way goal setting works. So as a Christian, I'm telling you we're not the same as everyone else setting goals. You have the blood of Jesus, the power of Jesus, the word of God, all at work in us, the light, the light energy, the force of the Holy Spirit in each one of us that's ready to be released to germinate and grow the seed that you're speaking out of your mouth in order to activate and receive your goal. So, what do you think? Is goal setting important? Is it something you should do? Is it something you should play around with? Is it something that you should try? I think you should try it, and I think you should be serious about it this year. You're going to hear all kinds of prophecies about this year. This is a year that will change and transform your life as a Christian if you activate your faith and allow it to work. One sure way to do that is to put down 10, 20, whatever goals, and begin praise the Lord for their coming to pass each and every day. How long should I do that, Art? Till it happens. But let's start with 90 days, where you're not going to say one thing other than, thank you, Lord. I know that's already done, because I prayed and activated it with my mouth. I prayed, and I, I, I released my faith. I wrote down the time. I wrote down the date. And now, I am going to thank you each and every day. And I'm going to pray in the Spirit. See, I don't know if I can pray in the Spirit. Yeah, you can. It's inside of you waiting to come out. We'll talk about that later. But right now, pray over that every day and recognize that God himself is going to bring it to pass. The system that he's put into the earth will see to it that you will receive exactly what you prayed for over and over and over again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this goal being coming to pass. Thank you for my home being paid off. Thank you that I'm debt-free. Thank you that I'm healthy. Thank you for my job. Thank you for all things working together. Thank you for so-and-so who asked me to pray for them, that they're healed in, in Jesus' name. So you see, it's important to organize your prayer. Treat each prayer as a goal. And when you pray, forgive. Not hold anything against anyone. That is very, very important. Give those that you know. Don't judge. Don't be quick to judge. Because with the same measure you use to judge, God has to use that same measure on you. You don't want to do that. You want to just surrender to the Lord. Surrender to the Lord. Lay out your goals and begin the process of seed time and harvest. Mark 4.11. The sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. And the word of God is the seed. So when you take God's word, apply it to your goal, speak it over your goal, and then begin to thank and praise him for it each and every day, you are watering that seed, causing it to grow, and it won't be long, you're going to see evidence. What does it say in Hebrews? Evidence. This faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Things you have not yet seen will start to show. It will show carefully, and it will show just enough that you'll know something's happening, and it will be happening. It will not stop. It will grow and continue to grow as long as you tame your tongue, you seal your mouth, and only speak praise and thanks for what God's given you. Uh, as I had said earlier, there's uh, some things online that you can get to help uh, with goal setting. Now, we're talking about goal setting, and we're talking about Christians ought to be setting goals all the time. Whether you call them a prayer request or a goal, doesn't matter. 
you should set them all the time. And uh, right here in Luke 6.43, it says, For a good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit, neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known by his own fruit. For of thorns men do gather figs, nor... I'm sorry, for of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of bramble brush gather they grapes. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth, bringeth forth, bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is evil. For the abundance, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You see what I'm saying? Just go read the scriptures, man. I'm telling you, it's amazing. So a tree, he's referring to us each as a tree. We are a tree that is bringing forth fruit. What kind of fruit are you bringing forth? Are you walking around broke, busted, sick, disgusted, down? Or do you bring light into the room? Do you bring energy into the room? You should be bringing light energy into the room. And that is the anointing that's on Jesus. Light energy. He is the the way, the truth, and the life. He is the light of the world. And when we accept Jesus, that light should shine in us wherever we go. That people know that he's in there. A tree is known by his own fruit. So if you look around and you don't see things happening exactly the way you want them to happen, you have to ask yourself, what are you doing that maybe is not causing that to happen? And I can guarantee you that <clears throat> it's going to end up being words that you've uttered out of your mouth that are working against you. Idle word. The Bible says every idle word will give account for. Why? Because those idle words are the reason we have what we have. Not all of us want to accept that. Not all of us want to believe that. But there's an enemy out there too, and he tries to attack us. But he gets us to use our gets us to use words against ourselves. He can't just take us down. He needs us to help him. And the way we help him is if he gets us talking negative or bad or or against someone else. So words uh, were not primarily uh, made for communication. They were made for creation. Words were made to create things. Uh, we use them a lot to communicate today and to talk to each other. But I think when God first made Adam, I know Adam didn't need to talk. He could just see it in his mind and he could he, he could communicate another way. You would know what he's thinking. He would know what you're thinking. But when he fell, when he came, when Satan came against him and he fell, he lost that ability. And then the only way he could communicate was with words. Words were originally made to create. This earth is word activated. It, it begins the process of creating in your life that which you're speaking and believing in your heart. And uh, not all of us were brought up knowing this stuff, so it's a lot of things in our life that try to interfere. Um, we live in a faith-created universe. That's how God created the universe we live in. He created it with faith, by faith. It's upheld by faith. He believed it. It came to pass, and it is. And... Um, it's an invisible force. Faith is an invisible force, but it's light energy. You know, today we hear a lot about laser and a lot about light. We're just beginning to comprehend it. But inside of each Christian, anyone who's accepted Jesus, the Bible says Jesus is in us. The light of Christ is in us. So the same light energy that rose him from the dead, the same light energy that enabled him to walk around and people were healed, that same light energy is in each one of us. 
And in Hebrews 11, 2, 3, it says, For it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So the, when sometimes people will say, well, God, God created the heaven and the earth out of something. But what he created it out of was faith. Faith is the substance of things believed for, hoped for. It's the actual, it's a thing. Faith is a thing. It's a substance. And that faith is what causes things to happen. So through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen today, things that are seen, were not made of things which do appear. So even though you might be sitting in a chair and you see the chair, it was made, first of all, by believing a tree would grow or something else because it's it's what made the foundation of it. And where did the things come from? It came from somebody growing something. And um, and that's how faith works. In Mark eleven twenty two, it says, And Jesus answering said to them, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. How do you get this done? Have faith in God. How do I get my finances fixed? Have faith in God. How do I get things done in my family? Have faith in God. How do I do anything? Have faith in God. For verily I say to you, whoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Mark eleven twenty two. For verily I say to you, whosoever, that's whosoever, that's you, that's me, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and not doubt in his heart, and I'm going to add one other thing, and not be mad at his brother or sister, not be judging, not be in unforgiveness, but whoever shall say to this mountain and not doubt in his heart. So you have to believe. You have to begin the believing process. They shall have whatever they say. He shall, things that he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he saith. Therefore, I say to you, Jesus is saying, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you'll have them. How much simpler can it get? The things that you pray for, believe when you pray that you shall have them, or receive them, and you shall have them. That's how it works. That's the process. And then there's a little twister in here. This is Mark eleven twenty-two through 24. And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. You see how important that is? So right after saying you can have anything you want, all you've got to do is decide what you want, believe you can have it, and then say it and believe it. And you will get whatever you desire, whatever you pray for, if you forgive, if you don't hold things against others. That's an if. So that's really important. So this is the, these are the steps. Number one in goal setting or prayers, decide what you want. Number two, write it down. You go to the book of Habakkuk, where I started talking about earlier. The book, it's only three pages long. Page and a half, the guy's complaining to God, nothing ever goes right for him. And the second half of the book, God answers them and says, here's what I want you to do. 
Number one, decide what you want. Number two, write it down. Number three, number three, write it down clearly on the tablet so you can read it. Number three, read it. Read it out loud so you can hear yourself. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. And then wait for it. It'll surely come. That is the process that God set up. I don't care if you believe it. I don't care if you can't comprehend it. It's a simple process. It is the process on earth. The earth is set up to grow anything that's said and anything that you believe. It's set up to grow in the ground. The whole earth is set up to grow in the ground. If you go out in the ground and you you put a wooden post into the ground, you want to build a fence and you put a post down under the ground, two, three feet, come back in a couple of years, that wooden post is all rotted. Why? Because the ground tried to grow it. Everything that God set up in this planet is designed to grow whatever we plant. Jesus is telling us to plant words. So when God first made Adam, he made this earth to react to whenever Adam spoke, Adam could have whatever he said. And Adam believed it because it worked every time. So it wasn't until Lucifer came along and talked to Eve, and then Eve talked to Adam and said, listen, there might be a better way. Let's try this way, that they lost the privilege of being able to simply say things and believe for them and watch them materialize instantly. That's real important. So setting your goals, writing them down so you can clearly read them. Pick them up every day, thanking God, praising God, because you already agreed they're going to be done. And all we got to do is continue to water that seed and watch it grow. And then here he also says, I did say about the forgiveness, um, but let's go ahead here on... uh, But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive you your trespasses. We are spirit beings, you're a spirit. You have a soul, and you live in a body. So it's important to understand that we're dealing with spiritual things here. We're dealing with spirit, word, activated, faith-filled things. And you are a spirit, we are a spirit being. You do have a soul, and you do live in a body, but it's very important that you forgive others. And that's why I just want to say that whoever is uh, on out there right now condemning this country, condemning the president, condemning, condemning, finding fault, and all they're doing is filling themselves with hatred, they are not even if they call themselves Christians, they are not activating the Christian rules and laws. And unfortunately, all that hatred and all that revenge will come back at them. It will come back. It will grow up in their lives. It will hurt them. And I don't want that to hurt them, but it's going to because it's a law. It's how it works. So I pray for all of our leaders that are doing that, and I'm asking the Lord to help them to forgive all this hatred and bitterness that they have. Now, in Romans 12, 3, it says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, do not think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. So what does that mean? When you think about that, you think about, now watch, things start happening because you're following God's rules and you're doing it the right way. And all of a sudden you, you find tremendous blessing coming into your life. You're being blessed on a daily basis. Don't forget how it happened. Don't start thinking, well, I must be really good at this. I must be the one doing it. It's not you doing it. You're simply operating the rules so God can bless you. And he's saying here that you shouldn't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. Think be soberly, according to God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. That means each one of us, every man, every woman, has the same measure of faith. 
It's not different. It's the same measure of faith. And that measure is given to us when we accept Jesus. When we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Now, now you, see, you may be somebody who hasn't done that yet. And I don't know why in the world people fight it. I really don't, because I know they do. They resist it. Like, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I, I don't know. I'm a sinner, and I don't believe that God saved me from my sins. What is that? I don't even get it. I mean, uh, you don't believe that? I don't understand why you can't humble yourself and say, look, I, I mess up. I messed up in my life. And I thank God that he is here helping me. So in wrapping this up, we've talked about a lot of things. We talked about the Word of God. We talked about how the Word has to be sown into the earth. When you take God's Word, when you find the three scriptures and you apply it to what you're praying for, the seed to accomplish what you want done on your goals, for your goals, for your prayer requests, is contained inside of God's Word. <clears throat> That's right, it's contained in there. <clears throat> so when we release God's Word into our life, we're releasing the seed that God put in it. Because God's Word, the Bible tells us, never, ever returns void. Just doesn't. So if it doesn't return void, that means it's doing something all the time. Now, in the book of Habakkuk, which I've outlined and talked about here, it says, write the vision down, make it plain on the tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak, and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. That's in the book of Habakkuk. Now, I want to just dwell on this one point here. It says, for in the vision, yet it has an appointed time. So the beginning of it is when you decide what it is. Two is when you begin to speak God's word out loud about what you're praying for. And at that time, once you've agreed and you've told the Lord, this is what I want to pray for, it has an appointed time. Now listen, but at the end, it will speak. What does that mean? It will start showing up and it will not lie. What does that mean? It means you are going to get what you say. If you only think you're saying the right thing occasionally, then you don't want the result of that prayer. Because if you're talking against yourself half the time, you're going to get the truth of what you've said. It will not lie. You can't fake it till you make it. I know I've heard that. I've said that. You take God's word. You believe God's word. You speak God's word. You receive God's word. And you thank God for his word never returning void. So that when your vision, when your goal, when your prayer begins to show up, you get exactly what you're praying for. Because it will not lie. It will bring you exactly what you've asked for. So that's why it's important to have a sober talk with yourself. And I mean that. And say, look, I'm going to grab my tongue. I'm not going to speak against my goals. I'm going to speak exactly what I want. If I'm having a bad day or a bad moment, I'm going to shut up. It's that serious. The earth is set up to bring forth and grow that which we sow out of our mouth. There you have it. And it says, though it tarries, wait for it. So it didn't come immediately. It didn't come the same time, the same day, the same week, the same month that you prayed. So does that mean it's not coming? 
No, it means it is coming. Have you heard the statement from the Bible, the scripture that says, All things work together for good for those who trust the Lord? When you trust God's word enough to speak it out loud and then not battle against it, what will happen is you will begin to realize that it is gathering all things working together for good for all those involved. So no one gets hurt in order for you to get your prayer answered. That's how it works. You don't want to hurt other people. You just want all things to work together for good. And the way you do that is by the system that we have outlined through this whole program. I've gone over it several different ways. I want to say one more thing. Once you have the goal sheet with all the little blocks and filled out and you put in their goals, you put in their different um, uh, uh, visions or goals or, or prayer requests that you want, you will find that the best way to pray in thanking God for that every day is in the Spirit, to allow the Holy Spirit to pray, to pray in tongues. That's what I'm saying. Say, oh, I don't believe in that stuff. Well, how much other things don't you believe in? I mean, I don't really care what you believe. I'm telling you how it works. Because if you pray in the Spirit, God will give you utterance. You don't even know how to pray over top of your goals. You don't know what to pray for. That's why I'm telling you that if you will just praise Him and thank Him and begin to pray in the Holy Spirit, and if you've never done it before, just start praising Him and speaking and letting yourself talk to God in a Spirit-filled language. He will fill those words with the seeds that will bring it to pass faster than anything else you can possibly imagine. That's how it works. That's how it comes to pass. So, we're wrapping up here now, you know, and we have a few minutes left, but the most important thing to understand is God has given each one of us the light, the light energy. He put it inside of us through His Son, Jesus. When you've accepted Jesus, you now have the same anointing that was on Jesus is on you, in you. And that light energy, that light is ready to go to work when you put it to work. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And it's the evidence of things not seen. So faith is a substance. What you believe is a substance. What you are gleaning and getting out of God's Word and speaking into the earth is a substance. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, for my righteousness is of the Lord. But whatever I do will prosper, for I am a tree planted by the rivers of living water. I am a tree. Why am I planted by the rivers of living water? What are the rivers of living water? The Word of God. And if I take God's Word, put it into my mind, into my heart, into my mouth, speak it out of my mouth every day, every day, every day. What do you got that's so important that you can't do this every day? Every day. Don't miss a day. As a matter of fact, I suggest you take a 90-day chart and every day when you thank God for these goals and visions, you X off a day. And if you miss a day, then you got to start over your 90 days. Because in that 90 days, you know, when you plant corn, when farmers plant corn, there's 30-day corn, there's 60-day corn, there's 90-day corn. And you can't pick the corn before it's ripe. You can pick it, but it's not going to be of any value. And that's what happens to some people when they 
when they look at their own goals uh, and they see a little piece of it show up here, a little piece, they're ready to pull it off and say, you know, or they're going to say, well, that ain't really happening. I mean, look, I only got a little bit. I prayed for this big thing to happen and I only got this little piece. It's first comes the, 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 the little blade comes up, then the stalk, then as the fruit begins to grow, you see it get bigger, 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 but you can't pick it till it's ripe. But once it's ripe, the harvest has come. And when the harvest comes, now you can pick your fruit. Now, one last thing. I'm going to suggest to you that there's a whole group of angels waiting to be dispatched to help you with your dreams, your goals, and their prayer requests. Become an angel dispatcher. Become an angel dispatcher and dispatch angels. There are harvesting angels. Their job is to watch over your crop and to harvest it for you so Satan can't steal it. Dispatch those angels daily. Father, in the name of Jesus, we dispatch the harvesting angels. I have a bumper crop out there. My crop is growing and growing, and I dispatch my angels, my harvesting angels, to bring in my crop 30, 60, and 100 fold. And I bind you, Satan, from touching any part of my crop in Jesus' name. So, as we conclude, let's just remember, number one, pray. Ask God what to pray for. Write it down. Set 10, 20, 30 goals, 30 prayer requests. It doesn't matter. Take the time. Go and find out different scriptures to back it up. At least three scriptures for each one. Put the date. Put the time. And then begin to speak out loud those scriptures over those prayer requests and goals every single day for 90 days, for 120 days. Keep going. But in 90 days, you'll know. You'll know. You'll feel it. You'll know it. You, you will be amazed at what you see happening. And, we'll, and then you will see the harvest come. And then dispatch the angels. Dispatch the harvesting angels. You know, on uh, on the website, allinforfaith.com, you will also see their uh, the ability there to become, I mean, to, to get one of the angels that I was talking about as a remembrance of what to do. We actually have uh, Michael angels, Michael the Archangel statues that people use just to remind them. You put it on a shelf, and when we send them out, we have an angel dispatch number on the bottom. You have a number assigned to you. So now we have a number of people out there using the dispatch, uh, the angel dispatch uh, statue just to remind us. We're not praying to the statue. It's nothing like that. It's God's word that does the work. But what we are doing is reminding ourselves that angels are on standby, waiting, ready to go. But you have to release them. You have to send them. You should send them. If not, what can they do apart from God's Word? An angel can't go off on his own. He doesn't have a free will. He's here to uphold God's Word. He's here to do the work for you. But God's Word is what sets him in motion. It's what activates him. So please, take this seriously. This is a, a different kind of program today that I've done. I've gone over it and over it and over it. I've gone slowly, hoping that somebody will get this message and put it to work for them. Thanks for joining us, and don't forget to join us on the next program on All In.